This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to Russia, and we are like a beehive of activity here trying to learn something that you can help us with. You can help us with. I brought an old rotten persimmon I found on the way in. Actually, I found it a couple of weeks ago, and I just this morning I found it in my Jeep. And I opened it up. It's nasty. It smells nasty. It makes my fingers sticky. But I got the seed out of it. And uh, Lisa Lancaster, who's one of the producers here, she told me not to tell anybody where I got the knife, but... She found a knife in her purse, and we cut it open. Handy <laughs> dandy Lisa. That's right. What we're trying to do is find out when you when you take a persimmon seed out of the persimmon, and you the seed is shaped like a watermelon seed. It's sort of oval and flat. You cut it, uh, uh, not half do. You cut it like you would open a, a clam or a mussel. You know, you have to cut it, and it ain't easy to do. And the embryo inside, the little part that's going to be the tree next year. Uh, it's, it's got a little stem on it, and the round part is either round or it's straight or it's forked, which means a knife, spoon, or fork in Java. Supposedly, you can tell what kind of winter we have by what kind of embryo, knife, fork, or spoon. Now, now you've it. looked it up. I don't want to know what it is. I want folks to call up and tell us okay, what okay. y'all think it, it okay. is. Knife, fork, or spoon. And I'll tell you uh, a little bit later, we'll reveal what this one did. But we have a uh, we have a unanimous opinion of what the uh, my persimmon seed is. We're going to predict what kind of winter we're going to have. Oh, me, Java, I don't know if I believe in this stuff. It's just like planting by the moon. Uh, it's like, you well, know. Well, that's why I asked who, like, for first, who came up with these predictions? Yeah, I, th- I think it's those old boys who live up on that mountain that they film Deliverance in. They sit around, they don't have anything else to do, so they just, you know, find a stuff that has something to talk about, you know. Boy, don't those four o'clock smell good. Mm-mm-mm. I just think I saw a lightning bolt. Hey, y'all, look what happened. I just cut this thing open. Oops, there goes my finger. <laughs> and we're going to have a, a hearty winter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, folks, this is the call-in gardening program. And this sort of, you know, it's like the groundhog thing. Whether, believe it or not, it's an exercise. So if you have an idea without, hopefully without looking it up, if you just know whether the knife, fork, or spoon inside a persimmon seed, what it indicates, give us a call. It's toll-free, one eight seven seven mpb ring oh, This whole place smells like... Like soured, uh, yeah, yeah. Persimmon. That, that persimmon you brought in was kind of uh, past, past Fer- due ferment, a couple days. Fermented, fermented. Probably really can't was. get on the plane with that. It's got so much alcohol in it. But anyway, we're going to just talk about gardening, folks. Give us a call. We've got the lines wide open. Last week we broadcast live from the Max over in Meridian. Had a fun time. Uh, and and uh, the next day had a, a talk about winter gardening. So if you got some questions about what you can do now to get ready for having a beautiful garden that does doesn't take much care in the middle of the winter. We can sure talk about that, but uh, it's also time to sort of wrap up things from the summer guard vegetables and herbs and think about getting ready for winter or if not planting things, at least putting the garden to bed for the winter. You know, what can you do that's easy to do that's going to really help make the garden look a whole lot better uh, next next spring? Can you it, What can you plant on bare dirt that'll grow in the winter? You can turn it under in the spring and all that. Mulches, I just wrote a column about different kind of mulches. I'm so 
you know, mo- such a boring topic for horticulturists, but there's some interesting little details, and people like me can talk for 45 minutes about the the benefits, the pros and cons of different kinds of mulches, whether you're a, I'm a pine straw person, or I like bark, well, whatever. We can talk about that kind of esoteric, Java. That's what we do here. Well, when it comes to mulch, I know they sell it by the bag at the home store. Yeah, bags and by the truckload and truckload and truckloads. But uh, and but sometimes you can find what you need to use for mulch just laying around the yard, laying around the yard. So uh, anyway, I'm gonna put my bifocals. I'm gonna lean over see if I can see this thing. It says Joel from Picayune. Hey Joel, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning. Well, wonderful. Thank you, sir. You bet. What's up? Well, uh, I bought a half dozen of these Dunstan chestnut trees to plant in the field to attract the deer. Yeah. And um, every single one of these trees lost their leaves. They dried up brown and fell off. Yeah. The tips of the trees are still there, so I know the deer are not nipping them. There's no webbing. There's no worms on them. They just all dried up and fell off. Yeah. When did you and plant I'm getting these? Some new growth on it now, but I'm like, what the hell happened to it? Yeah. Well, when did you plant them? This year? Uh, yes, all of them were, uh, no, I take that back. Two of them were last year, and the other four were this year. Okay, I'm, I'm really leading up to something. About when did you plant them? Wintertime, spring, summer, what? Uh, it would have been, uh, springtime. Okay, well, here's the deal. First of all, if a, if a tree, if the leaves turn brown and stick on it, that's a bad sign. But if they, if they fall off, that just means the tree went through some, some stress. In, in other words, of, of, the, of the, the, the what the heck's going on here, that's the best outcome. So as long as you had not hit the trunk with the lawnmower or the string trim or anything like that, they'll do fine. You know, they just went through some stress. How big are these? Uh, every one, well, the, the two biggest ones uh, I planted last year and this year are both about eight to nine feet tall. Uh, both had chestnuts on it last year. Yeah. Here's the deal, though. When you put a, the bigger tree you put out, you know, if you, you know, if you, if you were to to hug yourself with your arms, that's what the roots are on on a new plant. They want to have okay. arms, you know, you stick your arms way out, and wiggle your fingers straight out. That's what they want to have. So you're starting out with a a full grown top part and a weenie root system, and so yeah. what what happens is those roots aren't enough to 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 keep the plant both alive and thriving the first year. So it's a race between the tree putting out new leaves and dying and yours is saying mm, i don't feel so great but i think i'll do better tomorrow gotcha. so so what i would do go out uh, sometime over the winter or even now if you want to and kind of loosen up the dirt just take your shovel you know don't chop any roots but just sort of loosen up the the root the the dirt around the edge of the original hole so that okay. root, so the roots can grow straight out that's the important thing straight yeah. out quicker and uh we've had plenty of rain uh you know we've had plenty of water but right. Right. One one thing you might want to do over the winter time is if they've got a bunch of branches or limbs, thin some of them out. Cut a few branches. You know, think of how's the tree going to look ten years from now. You don't need that many limbs at that spot. So thin some yeah. of the limbs out, and then thin a few of the branches off what's left. And the energy that would have gone to what you cut off will go to what's left, and it'll grow better. It it balances the top uh, with the roots. Okay. So, yeah, right. don't don't leave any stubs. Just go out there and do it with one hand in your pocket. Just you know, cut them off. Don't leave any stubs, and just cut right, right. you know, just thin out some of the limbs and then a few of the branches, and, and that's about all you need to do. I got you. Um, let me ask you one thing else. What else could I do to attract deer out there? 
Well, you can go to the co-op and you can buy there's all sorts of illegal stuff. You can put corn and all. I, yeah. I, I'm not a deer hunter. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I do know that there are wildlife specialists with the Extension Service who have okay. little publications on that. If you go to msucares.com and just uh, just just okay. and just in the little search box say uh, uh, attracting deer or, or or something like that, you'll have uh, all sorts of wildlife uh, specialists with little, little tips and stuff on it. Or, or go to the co- go to the co-op where, where hunter shop, and just sort of you know put your hands in your pocket and say, hey guys, what do y'all think about this? And you'll right. get more information you can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I guess you're right on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Both well, both. Got these in- other ones. We got these other little plants called a deer pair. They calling them at Walmart. Yep. And I grabbed three or four of them, and they put out a little player pair. They yeah, I, they call it a pear. It, it looks about the size of a plum. It is a pear. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, the, the the what we think of pears are hybrid pears. The wild okay. ones are small, about the size of end your, your thumb or something. I got you. I got you. That's what these are. Yeah. But okay, I was wondering if there's I just got some weird plant out there. Well, you know, my, my, my son's, I'm not a hunter. I'm not a fish. You know, I, I, I knock around the yard, but my son, he knows all this kind of stuff because he, he does a little internet research, but also he just shoots the breeze with, with, uh, with people who do this. So, you know, you, you. use that approach. I appreciate the info on it then. All righty. Appreciate your call, man. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Now, I'm, I know what, what he's saying. He wants to attract deer close to the house and take pictures of them. Now we get calls on creature comforts about getting getting the deers away from the house, though. <laughs> I don't know if the creature comfort folks want to attract deer to a hunter stand, though. Yeah, that's a, it's it's kind of a balance, and I don't think I don't think Joe was trying to you know. No, 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 him, no, no. But He's, he just wants to have you know. Oh, oh I, what I should have said was plant some azaleas and some hostas. Oh, because they come. <laughs> <laughs> plant plant some flowers in your front yard. Bam, you're gonna have deer. There you go. Okay, now let's go up to. Uh, I think it's. I don't have my. I, I have my. It's okay. I, I got okay. you. Builder. It looks like Steve from Boonville. Boonville. Okay. Hey, Steve. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I I want in a friendly way. I want to hold your feet to the fire to just get your opinion on something. Okay. I I, I listen to you quite often, and, and I learn a lot from you. I'm from Florida, and I settled up here in my wife's stomping ground, so I've learned a lot about. Um, what grows up here and, and what to tinker with out the yard. Yeah. And uh, I've, I've learned a lot of the old folklore stuff, quite a bit of it being accurate. It was fascinating to, to see the signs of the oncoming seasons with the woolly worms or the yellow butterfly yeah, or yeah. foggy morning. Yeah. Okay, but I want to ask you, what is your opinion of the farmer's almanac? Because I want to know how accurate they are. Okay, well, it, Okay, and okay. First of all, my opinion versus what research has shown. Research has shown, eh, it's just okay. okay. You know, they're you know they're 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 not any more or less accurate than other folks. In other words, they're based on what we pretty well know that it's going to get cool halfway through the state fair. Well, you don't need an almanac to tell you that, but the almanac people compile that information. You know, so they they put a lot of folklore and observations. Uh, it's called. What's the word? Uh, uh, f- I'll think of the word later. But in, in it's a word about uh, about things you notice in nature that hint that something's about to happen. Um, okay. I can't think. Anyway, they've compiled a lot of observations from from uh, from hundreds of years of what does well. Here's a problem: the almanac is published in New England. 
<laughs> and it, does, it doesn't work here, you know, in the deep south. Okay. It doesn't work doesn't work as well, you know. Uh, you know, they say okay. you plant this plant with that plant. Well, they grow in different times of the year for us. See, so a lot of it is folklore. It's based on historic uh, information. We know, you know, about when the average frost and all like that are. But as far as planting by the moon, people will absolutely swear by it. If you dig a hole for a fence post, a wrong tile of the moon, you won't have enough dirt left to fill it up. If you dig it the right time, then you can have dirt left over. I, I, my opinion is, <laughs> you know, it's made for selling advertisements. And that's what it started okay. out as. It started out as uh, one of those little, you know, you pick those little magazines at the grocery stores, local stuff. It's got pictures of people being married, and they got a gardening column and all like that. But it's mostly to sell advert. Uh, that, that's my opinion. But at the same time, my opinion is it doesn't hurt to plant by the moon. So why not have some fun with it? But, well, I, I heard uh, one, one uh, view of that was, planting root vegetables by the moon yeah yeah because of the pull the gravitational pull of whatever and the scientist me desperately wants to believe that that's true but my opinion (laughs) is meh (laughs) <laughs> well, I know you're working on more of the science side of it. No, 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 no. I have left brain and white right brain, a big, deep divide between the two. I have no problem doing stuff because it sounds good. No, zero problem. The scientist in me retired years ago. The gardener in me just wants to have fun. And the almanac stuff is fun. But, matter of fact, here's my opinion. I have to plant some garlic. I've got some garlic clothes. I'm going to plant them this week. I'm going to plant them last weekend, right? Well, I looked online, and it was the wrong time last week. So I put it off. Why? Because I believe it? No, because I was looking for an excuse to not have to do anything. But the, but here's my the truth is I resent even having to think about it. But now that I do, let's have some fun. It's like when a black cat crosses your path. Is it good luck? In England, it's good luck. Here, it's bad luck. I wish I didn't think about it, but I do, and it sort of adds that little human element to it. So, I, so uh, there we go. Okay. Okay. okay so, I, what what did I just sum up? What I just said that um, it's based on a lot of history and research, but they've also mixed it in with with folklore and. You can take it as a grain of salt and just experiment around, see what's accurate and what isn't. Yep, just like taking a grain of salt. That's one of them things. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I mean, I, I wanted your scientific view on it. I, I appreciate it yep. very much. So. All righty. Well, the science, the science is, 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 is right about half the time. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> see you, my friend. Thank you. Okay, was I wrong in saying, okay, what did I just say? Because... I got confused. Steve, Steve sent, summed it up really, really well because I was going to just say, Felder, you said a whole bunch of nothing. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> well, I started out saying, meh. <laughs> you want me to elaborate? And when we come back, we're going to go down to Flowood and talk about gardening. We're going to slide up to Oxford, where I was day before yesterday. I saw the coolest thing uh, on the Mississippi Gardening Facebook uh, thing. Somebody posted a picture of one of the most bizarre mushroom-looking things I've ever seen. I've only seen it once in my life. been at least 30, 35 years ago. Took a picture of it, but that was slides and lost it. Anyway, we're going to talk about the ghost pipe when we come back. Got, got some phone calls first, but I want to talk about finding three, pa- being shown three patches of the ghost pipe up near Oxford. 
I'm horticulturist Phil LaRussia, me and Java and Lisa. Lisa, I got your knife. I mean, uh, I got the knife you found back. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. Okay, spoon, knife, or fork. I cut this persimmon seed open, and I see what it is. What do y'all think it tells us about the winter? But first, let's go down to Flowood. Ethel, good morning. Thank you for holding. Good morning. Hello. Um, hello. Well, I listen to your show enough to know that you're not supposed. You're supposed to raise your lawnmower blades up high. Yep. But what happens if somebody, the deed is done, the lawnmower was. <laughs> down too low and the lawn was scalped uh, other than watering and and you also talk about winterizing when to do it and when not to do it yeah that's one of my co- i got a couple other ones. okay well here, here's the first of all you know i i don't have a lawn you know, I was raised mowing grass. I said I'm not going to do it when I get to be grown up. I studied turf management at Mississippi State. I worked with golf courses and, and athletic fields. I worked with home gardeners. I worked with commercial lawn maintenance. Talked a long time with the lawn maintenance guy last night at the pub. I know a lot about grass, but I don't have an opinion. I'm going to tell it from the grass's point of view. Don't doesn't matter to me what people want. Here's what the grass wants. And when you scalp it, it desperately wants to quickly put out some new growth and survive. So it will. It'll cut, you know, unless they cut it down to the roots, then it will put out new growth. The problem is it's going to be real thin because it gets energy from those leaves that were cut off. So it's got to put out stuff from stored up energy, and it's got to fill in quick enough to keep weed seeds from getting the sunshine they need to sprout. So when you cut it real close, you weaken the grass, it will survive, but you open it up for weeds. So uh, that you know, right right off the bat, I would just raise them more up, and I don't think you really need to water it because we we had a good rain the other day, you know. I know Flowood got that rain we had the day before yesterday, so the grass got plenty of water. Uh, it does not want to be pushed with fertilizer this time of day. You don't get a kid give a kid a Snickers. What's that? Yeah, it is. It's you, too late in the winter. In well, the, and, and here's the a reason why. You don't give a kid a Snickers bar right before bedtime because the sugar is going to make them bounce off the wall. And same thing with the lawn. You want to fertilize it early enough in the season so it can grow. It can use a fertilizer, convert it into stuff, and then the grass settle down before it gets cold. So the usual cutoff date for putting nitrogen on the lawn is around the 1st of September. The earliest I would recommend fertilizing, based on what the grass needs, is around sometime in April. No earlier than April, no later than the end of August. And that's from the grass's point of view, not not sales point of view or fertilizer sales point of view. April to late August, that's fertilizer. Anyway, you know, that's that's the best you can worry about. One thing I will mention, because the grass is thin, it right now the weed seeds for the spring are sprouting this month. So you can expect to have maybe a few more winter wildflowers. I'm going to call them wildflowers, uh, you know, in uh, March and April. So uh, if you don't like those, you need to make a note to, to, to use some kind of spray in January when the weeds are still small the grass is dormant the grass is the weeds are small so if you you know if you like wildflowers you're going to have plenty if you don't make a note to use a spray sometime in late December January okay all right question number two um are there some books about landscaping with native plants 
Uh, yes, there, there are. As a matter of fact, I have a free booklet I will send you. If you, can, if you got an email, send me an email. Uh, I, I put together a little booklet on using native plants and wildflowers in the landscape. It's got you know all sorts of stuff, and it's written it's written for us: Mississippi, Louisiana, Tennessee, Arkansas, uh, you know, maybe Panhandle, Florida. It's written for our part of the country. Um, and and also, you go to to the Mississippi State website and and uh, just type in the search. It's called MSU Cares. It doesn't mean that that they really care. It's about coordinated access to research and experiment. You know, whatever. MSU cares, uh, and then in the in the search box, just type out uh, landscaping with native plants. And they've got um, a friend of mine named Bob Bruzak wrote some really really good short but thorough uh, little publications. It's all online for free. Good. Now here's 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 my email. Go to you know forget anything else. Just go to Felder Rushing Blog B L O G. Don't go to my website. I hadn't checked the email in that for years. But Felder Rushing Blog it's got a little thing there. that says email me. Click on it. Okay. Right. And and it's a free little publication, but it's maybe I don't know eighteen or twenty pages. No, maybe fifteen or twenty pages, but it's free. Okay. One other thing. Um. Um. I'm going to put in some, I've been working on my soil, I'll put in some uh, fall vegetables, but just any kind of tips on that. Yeah, uh, do, yeah. Do, do it. Do it this weekend. You know, fall gardening doesn't mean wait until fall to plant. It means harvesting in fall. So the the sooner you do it, yeah. the better. Uh, you can plant garlic this month and harvest it in the spring. You can plant all sorts of leafy greens, lettuce, and mix two or three different kinds of lettuce together and make little little clumps of that uh, little salad clumps here and there. You can plant mustard and turnips. You can plant pansies, kale, all different kinds of kale. Uh, you know, so there's, there's you yeah, know, it's already started. Yeah, it's. I think it's a little bit late for for sowing seeds of things like uh, yeah. carrots and beets and stuff because it takes a while and we're going to get winter before they come up. But you know those other things, uh, you know the the lettuces, the mustards, the turnips, the kales and garlic. You know, this is a great time. All right, thank you so much. All right, appreciate your call. Oh, well, let me ask you something. Have you ever heard about the about the spoon, the knife, and the fork and persimmon seeds? No, no I think I've heard it before, but okay. I, don't, I don't have it. I'm, okay. I'm on an opinion. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, appreciate you call, Ethel. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Who's next, Sir Java? Uh, we got Cynthia in Oxford, who's been patiently holding on. Hey, Cynthia. I was up in Oxford yesterday. I walked around the uh, the community garden uh, down there by the library. It's a really cool little thing they got going. Isn't that nice? And they donate a lot of that food to the food bank. Here. Yeah. As a matter of fact, do you know any of the folks down there? A little bit. I've just chatted when I've been out that way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Next time you see them, tell them. You know, they got all sorts of nice pollinator plants outside their fence. Tell them to put some uh-huh. okra. Tell them to put some okra plants out there because it's pretty, and the poor folks looking through the the fence can have something to munch on. Great idea. Yeah. So here's I've got a quick comment and then a question. Um, so on the phases of the moon and planting, mm-hmm. um, I, I actually tried that a few times, and it actually works i don't know if it's coincidence but um um my understanding is that it has to do with the tides and the you know the moisture and that the full moon pulls more moisture mm-hmm. and, no, I've, and I've, so, I've heard all that the moon doesn't but the moon doesn't change size 
and this gravitational thing is about the same. Anyway, I don't want to get into what, but it doesn't hurt to plant by the moon. That's what. That's it my approach. It doesn't hurt, and it's kind of fun. Cause yeah, it makes you more e- aware of nature, exactly, you know, and, and and noticing things. Right, exactly. Yeah, and so I'm thinking maybe the seeds has something to do with that too, in terms of the amount of moisture. Right. Um, but my question is. Um, so I have a sunny spot. It's kind of up against the house, and it's the best sun in my yard for a vegetable garden. Mm-hmm. But I was told by a pest control guy that um, they treat for termites and that um, you shouldn't actually plant vegetables close up against the house because yeah. of the long-lasting pesticides that they put in when they build the house. And so I was going to do some raised beds with flagstone and gravel and mm-hmm. you know a little further out you know at least four feet from the house but um i was reading up about the mulches and in the past i've used wood mulch but uh, the pest guy was saying actually the wood mulches wouldn't be good against the house for the same reason because it would right. termites yeah um so i was going to go with um sand and then i realized after looking into that that the fire ants love that <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm down to gravel, and um, so I didn't know if you had an experience with that in terms of yeah. the type of gravel to use that yeah. would be that. Yeah. Yes, I do. First of all, a couple of myths. The the Peth guys all say the same stuff. They all say mm-hmm. that stuff, and it's based on almost a rare ex- experience. You know, that's that's what mm-hmm. people who they tend to focus on, you know, on on their 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 existing beliefs. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're worried about the termites, uh, instead of going with gravel, go with with a crushed slate or slag. You know, uh, you know the stuff you get. It looks like chips of gray gray rock. I can't remember slate. Like sharp, kind of a sharp. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little sharp, flinty looking stuff. You know, you put it uh, two or three inches deep up against there, and and and, and the reason I like that because weeds aren't going to grow in it, and it will in okay. gravel. You know, and so you just get a few bags of that. Uh, you can also get a piece of tin, you know, just uh, like like they use, uh, you know, you can get long sheets of it like they use uh, for for in the gutter section at the at the big box store and lay it along there, you know, and then throw dirt on top of it. It's just a physical barrier. Um, keep the weeds from coming up. Well, and also to keep the mulch off the side of the house, you know, you get this stuff. It's yeah. uh, you know, it's it's like a like a paper airplane looking stuff, except it's eight or ten or fifteen feet long. It's just shiny silver stuff you get at the big box store for I'll for for gutter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, just lay, put it on the ground, going part ways up the house, and throw your mulch on top of that. It's not that big a deal. By the way, the pest control people do put stuff that lasts a long time in the soil. However, mm-hmm. it's not absorbed by plant roots. It don't won't poison okay. your vegetables. Okay. So you know it's one of those things where it just it just doesn't happen. So uh, you know there there's that. Also, you get into better dirt uh, a couple of feet away from your your house anyway. So what I would do is I would put it far. Mine is about a foot and a half away from the house. I've got a, a 35 foot long raised bed along the west side of my house, and I made it where I can walk between it and the house, so I can reach the back of it and pick stuff better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I like that idea. The first thing you said was granite chips. Yeah, it, you know, it's called slate or granite or whatever. It, it looks like, you know, flat piece, piece of gray flinty looking stuff. Okay, great. I'm going to check that out. Thank yeah. you so much. Okay, well, appreciate it. Thanks for your call. Appreciate you. Bye-bye. Yeah, Java, nobody's helping us with this thing. The persimmons. I the don't persimmons. know if they were like me, and this is the first time they heard of it. Well... <laughs>
<laughs> well, I've, I've got some ideas, but we're going to talk. We're not going to talk about them just yet. We're going to see if somebody help us out. Knife, spoon, or fork? Persimmon seed. What do you think? Uh, now, is Anthony from Vidalia been holding on? Anthony, good morning. How are you, sir? How are you, uh, Felder? So far, so good. Listen, I'm concerned about these army worms. Mm-hmm. What can you do to make them either? Well, the birds apparently don't like them. No, the so birds. Birds and spiders and wasps—they they eat a lot of them, but there's a whole lot more than the birds can can handle. There's not much practical you can do about it. There are some sprays you can use, but they kill all the good guys, too. What will kill an army worm will kill most everything else that's out there, including worms and stuff. Most of the time, by the time you notice the army worms, they're big enough to where they're at the end of their damage. They're, they're, they're about to move on. No, they don't stay around. So by the time you notice the damage, usually the damage is already done. And the the worms are going to you know turn into to, to cocoons and then turn into moths and fly away. See, so so usually by the time you notice it, you don't need to worry much about it. There are some sprays you can use uh, that work pretty well, uh, but for the most part, if you've had a really bad end army worm attack, uh, it's too late to put some fertilizer out. But in the spring, throw a little fertilizer out there to help the grass recover a little bit better. And, and that's pretty much it. Hope for some rain. Little fertilizer. You know, if you want to get a liquid fertilizer like you put on the end of your garden hose, that stuff will get like a shot in the arm. It'll fertilize the grass and help it, but it won't stick around so long to make your grass tender for winter. So, you know, if you get one of these hose-in attachments or liquid fertilizer, and just give it a good shot of that stuff, and if we get a good rain, your grass will do fine. So you don't need to elevate the moor any? Well, you have Bermuda grass, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, Bermuda grass is a grass that tolerates being cut kind of kind of low. I wouldn't cut it all the time real high. It's the only grass that really likes to be cut low, but uh, not too low. So you just mow it. You know, put put one of those hose-in fertilizers on there and just mow it and, and expect the grass to recover. You know, these things have been around for a long time. They've never killed a lawn. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. All right. I appreciate the program, my son. Oh, hey, thanks for being part of it. So you want to do uh, another phone call, or you want to do a... Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and get to Richard. He's been holding. Yeah, Richard from, from Maven. What's going on, man? Hey, uh, I found this blue mushroom out in my yard mm-hmm. this week. It's about the size of an orange. Mm-hmm. And uh, just as blue as it can be, and I've never seen it before. Yeah. Is it on a stem, or is it like, a, like, like an or orange? A stem. Okay. Uh, first of all, I've seen mushrooms. I've studied mycology. I've been on forays. Uh, it, 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 last year, I went on a whole thing just where we did nothing but look at different. But I, I, I cannot keep. I, I, I don't know the difference in them. I don't keep track of them, so I don't have no idea what it is. There are some really okay. good mushroom sites, and uh, these two women who took me through the woods uh, the other day looking for this special type of thing. Uh, one of them has a, a mushroom identification thing. She just took a picture of it, and boom, there they were. So uh, and if you can make a note to shoot me an email at, uh, I'll tell you what, I'll, if, if there's any way you can get a picture of it and send it to me, then we'll find out what it is. Because I'm curious about, okay. I mean, I like reds and yellows and browns, but I've never seen a blue one either. Uh, yeah, and it's just as blue as it can be. You can't mistake it for any other color. It, is it in your yard? Can you still find it? Yeah. Yeah. If you could get a picture of it and email it to me, go to FelderRushingBlog.blog, and it says email me and send, send me a picture of it, then we'll find out because I'm curious now. Well, I don't have uh, Internet or anything like that. 
Well, I'll so, give it a try. Okay, you got you got a phone with a camera on it. Uh, yeah. Well, do that and then find somebody and send it to me. Okay. Uh, uh, otherwise, I, meanwhile, I wouldn't munch on it. I would not eat it. <laughs> I'm not a mushroom eater. I'm not either. I'm not either. But anyway, we'll see if we can find out. Okay. Okay, appreciate it. Uh, bye. You know, I have uh, I was walking through the yard the other day, Java. Have you ever noticed sometimes there's these little green worms hanging from long, skinny, you know, just in the middle of nowhere, yeah, yeah. just hanging from a tree. Uh-huh. Little bitty green worms on a long, skinny thread. That thread came out of it, which is kind of <laughs> creepy to begin with, you know. <laughs> But it got on me, and it started crawling away, and it's one of those that pulls up and then moves, and it pulls up. It's called an inchworm. Ah. And I'm thinking, okay, I remember a song about it. There's a bunch of songs about an inchworm, but I found one with an old guy named Danny Kay who sang it. And uh, so for today's cheesy tune, I thought I'd, I'd get Danny Kay to talk about the inchworm. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing. Me and Java and Lisa were sitting here laughing about me stealing Lisa's knife and giving it back to her and all that stuff. But anyway, if you want to give us a call and talk about gardening, toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING. Still want to know about knife, fork, and spoon in a persimmon? We'll be right back with more of the Gestalt Garden on MPB. Okay, welcome back, horticulturist fellow rushing. Uh, Java, I just showed a picture of this thing called a ghost pipe. And it was, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, translucent. Yeah, I mean, you can yeah. see through it. It's white, but you can see through it. Uh, anyway, I, I had seen a post by Melissa Sinelli. Uh, Melissa uh, works there on campus at, at Ole Miss, and, and uh, she and her friend Anna Blessed met me up there. They took me two miles into the woods to show me three patches of this rare thing called a ghost pipe. Yeah, and you showed me a, a couple other pictures of the uh, different mushrooms that y'all yeah. saw on your walk, and that was incredible. Well, here's the deal. The mushrooms, the toadstools, the puffballs, all those kind of <laughs> things, you know, they're colorful. I've got ribbons. I've got dark, almost black ones. I've got uh, all different kinds. But the ghost pipe is not a mushroom. 
Oh. It's a flower of a plant that doesn't make its own food at all. There's reason it doesn't have any green to it. It's a parasite. It grows on other stuff. And here's the deal. It's related to blueberries. You know, that little flower that comes up and hangs over, it's pollinated by, by bumblebees and flies and stuff, but it grows on a fungus. It gets its nutrients from a fungus that grows on wild blueberries. So it's a blueberry <laughs> that can't make its own, doesn't have its own roots or, or leaves and all, and it won't grow on other blueberries. It has to have an intermediary. So there's a fungus, that, a good fungus, grows on blueberries, gets its nutrients, and then this grows on that, and it comes up uh, white and clear. It's called a ghost pipe anyway we found three colonies of it and we're gonna uh, t- on today's podcast and can we use a picture of that yeah we're gonna post it up with the podcast it's a funky looking thing yeah so if you go to uh to um what's our podcast thing oh just go to mpbonline.org <laughs> <laughs> org, or just google ghost pipe and there's three colonies of north anyway that was it's just one of those oddball little things that keep you keep your juices going there you go Okay, now, I don't have my glasses here, but it looks like Marcy in Ocean Springs. That's correct. Hey, Marcy, good morning. Hey, Felder. How are you? I was, I was trying to just pass along this information with the call screener, but she said, no, you're going to go online and, and on, on, on the yeah. air and yeah. tell them what you know. Okay, so I heard the lady talking about native plants and how she could find out more information, mm-hmm. and I just so happened to have ordered a book from, you know, the place that everybody orders everything. <laughs> and it came really fast. It's called Native Plants of the Southeast. It's yeah. a comprehensive guide to the best 460 species for the garden mm-hmm. by Mr. Larry Mellishamp. And yep, yep. The, photograph, the photographs are by Will Stewart. It is gorgeous. I think I paid $34 for it, and it, it's a hardback. And, I mean, it's sort of like a reference book, but it's right. also... Um, Broken down into categories. Yeah, you know. Uh, I'm familiar it's with the book. Amazing. Yeah, and and they're not just weedy stuff. These are landscape quality native plants. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yes. but but now here's and a problem. There's pro- also a primer. There's. I'm sorry, I interrupted. No, you. no, no. That's also okay. A primer. primer that was available. So I ordered that one from Barnes. Yeah, but I'm, that hasn't come in yet. The only problem I have with with those books is uh, they don't have how to landscape with them. It's just here's what they are and some of here's how they grow. But it doesn't show how to arrange them in trees, shrubs, ground cover, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, but it's a, it's an well, excellent I'm reference guessing. book. You know what? Yes. But it's probably, this is a little, um, what do you call it, whenever people make a comment and leave their name and where, what they do and all that. Anyway, th- it says this book is for anyone wishing to move beyond the cookie-cutter landscape and reconnect with our vanishing natural world. Yeah, which I is fancy for saying, book. buy my book because it's about something that other books aren't about. I mean, well, I, I, I'm thinking, I, you know, it's probably for people who have some experience, but who want to really transform the landscape to what it should yeah, be. Yeah. I'm I'm real from the book is well done, but it, it's a reference book for native plants that are landscape quality. A lot of times we just don't think of. We think of magnolia, dogwood, redbud, you know, and that's about it. But those are all native plants. But this is about the the wonderful palette of plants that we can use in our landscapes as regular yard plants that happen to be native, and they're beautiful. Exactly. They're beautiful. So you've seen the book? It was yeah, yeah, yeah. Written in 2014. Yeah, I, think. I I I know the man. I go to a lot of native plant conferences. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I I love it. Great, great, terrific tip, Marcy. Thank you so much. 
You're welcome. Yeah. And by the way, I did get your most recent book, and it was a joy to read. Thank I you. Do, I read your stuff, too. Okay. And, and by the way, go to my blog, Fellow Rushing Blog. I don't sell anything. And say it, it, where it says, email me, and I'll send you my little pamphlet on, on how to use native plants in landscapes. It's got some pictures and lists and stuff. And it's a good thing to tuck into the cover of your other book, which tells you what these plants look like. That's a wonderful suggestion. And it's Thank free. You so much. It's free. Okay. All righty. Thank you. You bet. Appreciate it. Okay, now we're going to go down to the Gulf Coast and talk to Van. Van, you going to help us out with this persimmon thing? Sure enough. Okay, what's up, man? I, I cut mine open. And I, we, me and Java and Lisa and and, uh, and we we all see what it is. So what, what what's the story? I grew up in Southern Illinois uh, with farmers for grandparents, and uh, they always did it. And it was either a shovel, which indicated a cold, snowy winter. Yeah, a lot of digging. Or, or a garden fork which indicated a mild winter where you could get out in the garden in the spring. Okay. What about the knife? I've never seen a knife. (laughs) Well, it's supposed to mean a biting, cold-cutting wind, a sharp winter. Oh, Okay. Well, I've we, opened hundreds and I've never seen a knife. Well, it's just a it basically it just doesn't have it's just a, a straight thing. <laughs> right. So sometimes okay. sometimes it's kind of oval, sometimes it's got uh, you know, different prongs on it like a like a fork and uh, sometimes it's as long and skinny like a knife. This one happens to be like a Java what what did it look I mean, we looked at it really close. Yeah, this one was a spoon. Yeah, a spoon or a shovel. A shovel, yeah. So according to it, we're going to have us a deep digging out kind of a cold Maybe snowy winter, even in Mississippi. Uh-huh. We'll see. Yeah, cool. Sounds good. Cool, man. Appreciate. It. And let me ask you this: It's not easy cutting these things open. You got to slice a finger off. All right. The men would use their fingers and pocket knives. The women would take a pair of pliers. And that's what I did. I do the girly thing. The girly thing works for me. A pair of pliers keeps you from cutting into your finger because this knife I had was sharp thing. That's right. Appreciate it, Van. Thank you, man. <laughs> sure enough. Uh, little esoteric stuff about gardening. You know, we can talk about planting and fertilizing and digging and spraying and bugs and all that kind of stuff. And this is a great weekend for doing a lot of that stuff. If you don't plant lettuce and kale and violas and pansies and pretty stuff, at least put a pot full of them out there. Stick some daffodil bulbs down deep and they'll come up through it all. But if nothing else, if you've got a little vegetable garden or raised bed, just sort of scratch the dirt up a little bit and throw some crimson clover seed or ryegrass seed. Grow something over the top of it. Grow turnips. Anything to grow over the winter time. It'll keep the ground not only uh, from compacting, but the roots grow down deep and absorb nutrients. And the tops will grow nice and big. And in the spring, you just simply take it and dig all that stuff in, and your dirt will be loose. It'll be fertile. It'll be nice and fluffy. It's called green manure or cover crop. It's a great week for doing that. Now let's uh, slide. We're going to Belzona. Belzona. Let's talk to Mark up in the Delta, yes, heart sir. heart of the Delta. Hey, Mark. Hey, Belda, how are you? Fine. What's going on, man? All right. I got a plot that uh, I got nothing that seems to grow better than pigweed in it. And when I first started, you know, working that plot, it didn't have pigweeds in it. 
And I guess I must have gotten some gin trash or something put out there. And now I got nothing but pigweed. My question is, how do I get rid of that pigweed? Can I just till it, spray it with Roundup? Till it, spray it. Well, if if you're going to till it, you know, why spray it first? You know, tilling it alone. What I would do, and keep in mind, one pigweed plant can have a jillion seeds. So if you let it go to seed, it's just going to keep spreading seeds. And there's already enough seeds in there to come up next year and the year after that. So what I would do is I would just cut it down, especially before it, you know, when it starts to flower. You know, it's got the little skinny looking, they're not really flowers, but they're little spiky things. Uh, if you'll just cut them down before they flower, that'll keep them going to seeds. And as their roots die, they make nice little paths for roots of your of your, your vegetables. And also, what I would do is I would just, whenever you see it, just cut it down. And then you can just till it in. No no sense in spraying if you're going to cut it and till it anyway, because that does the job without the sprays. Well, no, I was thinking that I would, if I till it some more, I would pick up more seeds, bring them to the top. Oh, yeah, yeah, you'll you know? do that. You'll do that. You know, when yeah, I was... And then I, can kill, and then I can kill those seeds off. No, there's nothing. There ain't nothing you can spray that's going to kill those seeds. Not, not the seeds. I mean, when they when they do, you know, uh, grow into how, how, how big is your plot? I don't know, maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe 40 feet by 40 feet. Well, that's, yeah, that's that's a plot. That's a plot. Uh, yeah. The, and, you know, the, one thing that helps is if, if you grow, if you can mulch, it's too big an area to mulch, cover with pine straw or leaves or something like that, but that, that keeps a lot of weed seeds from sprouting, and mulch does. Um, but, unfortunately... Yeah, the, problem, the problem with that is if I, I got mulch I can put out there, the problem with that is, if I'm trying to grow something, I got to cut it. You know, I got to, you know, dig up the soil and cover that, and then the pigweed just going to come right back up. I know. I know. You're talking to somebody who, who knows. I understand. I'm, I'm there myself. I, I pull weeds and I chop weeds. I only spray stuff that pulling or chopping doesn't take care of because, you, know, yeah. you know, you know, I'll spray. I squirt a little Roundup on some poison ivy or some honeysuckle or something like that. But, you know, the sprays. Uh, you know, you'd have to put a pre-emerge out, uh, herb, uh, a granular thing to kill all the seeds. That's expensive and it's tricky, and you got to do it over and over and over. So here's what I would do. You're not going to like what I'm about to say, but you know it's true. You know what I'm about to say is true. It's not fun. <laughs> Get you, a, you know what a flat-bladed file is? You know, they're long like a knife, but they got two sides to them, a file. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what a file Get is. you one of those and go ahead and spring for a little wooden handle and screw on the end of it and use uh-huh. it. Every time you're about to go out with your hoe, sharpen the hoe. <laughs> I, I, I don't mind saying this because here's the deal. You don't have to chop. People who chop with a hoe are, that's not the way hoes work. You, you sharpen right. it. You sharpen yeah. it, and you just sort of pull it along the top, and you push it back and forth, and you basically slice stuff off at the ground. It's like shaving. Yeah. If, you know, yeah. if you got to chop with a razor, get you a new razor. So if you're to sharpen the hoe, you can go down there. Uh, with one hand in your pocket with a hoe and just sort of scrape it along, and that keeps a nice little dust mulch out there. And, yeah, it brings up some seeds, but it takes care of it just about as quick as spraying if you got a sharp hoe, especially around the little corner of it. Uh, and I don't mind saying this. It sounds old-fashioned, old-school, but it works. It works. Other than that, you know, uh, you, you know, get you one of these little, little uh, lightweight uh, gas-powered cultivator-type tillers, and just go in between your plants with that every now and then. But th- there's not a good yeah. there's not a good herbicide control for these. It, they're just not. Oh. Okay, man. I wish I, I wish there was, man. I mean, I'm from the Delta. I get it. 
I do too. You know, get you a straw hat while you're at it. You know, you can, you can, you can look old school, but man, you're growing food, so they can just shut up. I got you. Okay, man. Appreciate it. Good luck. And I should have told them to plant some some clover and stuff over the winter time to 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 work your dirt up, you know, to green cover crop. Anyway, ooh, the knife, the spoon, the fork. We found a spoon, so allegedly we're gonna have us a cold winter. We're gonna have to dig out of Java, which really doesn't do well in Mississippi. But we'll we'll, here, we'll see what happens. Here's hoping that that was meant for people in Illinois. There we go. <laughs> we'll see. By the way, State Fair, the corn is a. Five dollars for a thing of corn that roasted corn, but it is so good. It is so good. That's my mother's favorite thing to go to the fair. It's expensive, five bucks, but it's the fair. Get you a free biscuit from the from the uh, Department of Agriculture. Get your thing of corn. Walk around with a big old smile. And by the way, you got some corn on your chin. <laughs> <laughs> so once a year thing, go out and enjoy yourself. That's right. Now let's let's go down and talk to Mikey in Mobile. Mikey, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning. I'm doing great, man. It couldn't be more beautiful. Yep. I mean, it couldn't feel any better. Yeah, and by, by the way, I'm going to be in Mobile on the morning of Saturday, October the 30th at 10 o'clock down at Central Prez. We're doing that, that big plant swap thing, so I hope to see you there. That is what I called you about, Felder. I'm trying to get ready. You know, it's like I've not ever been to a plant swap before. Just bring um, a plant. I, I have I have swapped plants. I've started, you know, yeah. gifting my neighbors. Um, uh, most yeah. of the time, they're yeah. happy. Well, just, just, and they just have regifted me. Just bring um, any 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 kind of plant that that a beginner, you know, some don't just dig something or make some cuttings and seeds. You know, bring something that somebody doesn't know what it is. It'll, it has a half a chance, and it's free. It starts at ten o'clock at Central Press, and that's going to be October the thirtieth. I'm I'm looking forward to being there. Okay. Well, I got stuff that I can dig up. I got stuff that I can, okay. you know, give do, away as okay. plant uh, do it, already. Do it I now. I got stuff that I can, you do, know, like I'm just, seeds. I'm just saying, best. do it, do it now. Don't dig something that's going to be wilted before they get it home. Get something that they can actually that has a chance of surviving. If, if you could dig shrub, like an American Beauty bush. Well, if you could do it, I'm just saying, do it now. Don't wait till that day, or it's not going to, ain't going to survive. Plan ahead. Yes, sir. That's oh. why I'm asking now. All righty. Woohoo! We'll see you there. There we go. Yep. Nice spoon. We got us a spoon. We got us a hard winter coming, man. You need I'm to plant. I'm looking for a jacket now. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, halfway through the fair, it always gets cold. We'll see. Yeah. So I'm going to head down there and get me some, some uh, corn and stop by the Department of Agriculture booth and get me a biscuit with some, some local homemade syrup. Uh, all corn. Always has a demonstration on making syrup, cane okay. syrup. They yeah. always get live demonstrations, so that'll be fun. A lot of stuff to do. But anyway, it's a good weekend for plants. It's a good time for walking out in the woods and looking at the mushrooms, see if you can find this ghost pipe. It's such a weird little plant. Um, and again, Google to see what it looks like or go to Mississippi Gardening Facebook. Got a couple little posts on that. Meanwhile, if you have a chance, take a kid to a farmer's market. Take them to the fair. Show them some livestock. Get them to a sack of bulbs. Get them some, some, something that they can do to show how we do business. Get dirty.